For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. And we are doing another interview with my dear friend, Joe. And, uh, you know, Joe, uh, welcome to the show. And can you please quickly introduce yourself, who you are, and what do you do? Well, thank you, Miha. Hi, I'm Joe Rutland, and I'm speaking today with you from the beautiful city of El Paso, Texas in the United States. I'm a copywriter and content writer, and I help businesses and entrepreneurs improve their content so that they can turn that into profit. Okay, that sounds interesting. I think this will be an interesting conversation. So tell me a little bit more about uh, copywriting. Like, let's give it a little bit of copywriting 101. Well, copywriting is a style of writing that is geared toward helping people decide to make a purchase, whether it's a product or a service. Now, copywriting involves lots of emotions, lots of information, lots of storytelling. There are a lot of elements to the art of copywriting that go into bringing people into the essence of a desire to want to purchase something. It's really, it's really, uh, as a friend of mine says, copy is using effective words that sell. Okay. Now, when you say emotions, that's something that's very close and dear to my heart. Uh, because from the human perspective, we buy with emotions and, and then we justify our purchase with logic. So um, how can we effectively write to invoke emotions? When people, Miha, want something and they search Google, they search everything in the world, they, they do their homework and they come across, for instance, let's, let, let me use an example of someone that wants to get something that helps them health-wise. Okay, so they look at some type of supplement they want for health. And they look at this benefit. What is the benefit? What does this benefit do for me? What does this health supplement do for my life? Okay. So they start researching and then they get to the 
place where they find out about the supplement, but they want more information. So good copywriting will help people take them on a journey. It will take them from a place of this is the magic pill. And then it begins a journey. They go on this journey through words that takes them filled with emotions to be like, this is the pill that will give you more energy, more vibrancy. It will help you lose weight. It will do these types of things. But even before you get there, Miha, you got to set it up. You have to set up before getting to the point where you actually ask someone to make a decision. And in the space between announcing this is the pill to giving them the opportunity to make the purchase, that's the space where you fill it with emotions. Like you'll feel happy, great, beautiful, wonderful, joyful, You'll have more energy. You'll be, you'll be able to travel the world. You'll be able to get up in the morning with a smile on your face. Those types of emotions and feelings that people can connect with on a very deep level. And it's how that's written. It's how that's conveyed. And it's all done in a very specific and systematic way that's honest and forthright. But also at the same time, Miha gives people that core element of emotion as well as information so they can ultimately make the decision to purchase. Okay. So how long did it take you to master this art of copywriting? Miha, if I say... It took me X amount of time to do so. It would be truthful. So I will say this to you. It's taken me 30 plus years of writing experience to learn how to master okay. the art of writing effectively. Okay. Um, so – from what I hear from you, that's not an easy thing to do. There are quite a few different spices that go into this mix uh, to make it right. But is there anything, you know, like our audience could be uh, doing by themselves or just, you know, maybe being mindful of to still use some of the effective copywriting? Or would you say that this is by no means something, you know, you can do uh, by yourself and it's always best to find a skilled copywriter to do it for you? Miha, there have been many businesses and entrepreneurs that I've interacted with where they are at a level that they just believe they can do it themselves. So they just go back and do it themselves. They just say, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to see how person X, person Y, person Z does it and copy their style 
And there it is. And ultimately what happens is they do that and it might work for a little bit, but then it turns into, they hear crickets, meaning it, there's, they're, they don't, they don't get the results they want. So ultimately, I believe it's in the best interest of a business or entrepreneur to look at someone who has the experience and has the ability to use words effectively and emotions effectively all together in one to help them achieve the ultimate goal, which is sales, sales of product, sales of services, and to get people to get what they offer. Okay, understood. Um, let me go a little bit back. Let me go a little bit to you and, and, and your story. I mean, you've been a uh, multiple times published author. And I know that a lot of entrepreneurs, they want to be seen in those, uh, you know, like Forbes magazine and, and so on. Um, how, how is that process? Um, how was that process for you? So let me go back to the first article. How about that? Let's, let, let, me take the, let me take you and the listeners back to the first article. The first article I had published on a large-scale publication was with the Good Men Project. And I wrote an article about my relationship with my mother. This is a couple of years after she'd passed away. And it was a story that I felt inside me that I wanted to share with the world. So I wrote it up. And at the time, this is 2013, 2014, maybe, Miha, uh, there was uh, a way to specifically contact someone at the Goodman Project. And so I basically looked up on the website, your contacts and people and sent, if I remember right, an email to this person and offered the idea or had the article already written and I sent it in. And the article was accepted. And the, the editor tweaked it some because that's a good thing to have another pair of eyes or whatever you're right. And it got published. And I saw that. And I just got the overwhelming feeling of gratitude. And another, I felt like another level of success for me opened up. And another world of opportunity as well opened up as too, um, because that that at that point, Miha, that led to other things. That led to getting into uh, other places like Thrive Global, Addicted to Success, Elite Daily, The Huffington Post, and more for the Good Men Project. I wrote a lot of articles for them. 
beyond that one. And even into entrepreneur. So from that place, in that spot, I moved on to other things. And um, what would you say that did for your personal branding, for branding yourself as a as a good copywriter? I believe it lets people see visual evidence that I can write and write well. Now, article writing, Miha, is is a different animal from copywriting. They're two totally different animals. So article writing is offering people content that matches the audience with each large-scale publication. Each large-scale online publication has a different target audience. So articles geared toward that audience are what they're looking for. They want articles that that will bring people to their websites and that will bring them to read more. Copywriting is geared toward putting in emotions and feelings to help people continue reading and disseminating information and beginning to get the feeling that this product or service is something they really need. So it's two different styles of writing, Miha. Okay, and I understand that part. Yes, in in the article, you are just sharing a story, um, and then with the copywriting, you you are basically looking to convert those who read into into buyers, into clients. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the that's the that's the bottom line goal. Because if any good copy written gets someone to click a button or enter their information or pull out their credit card and go, I'm buying, that is the end goal right there. Okay. Joe, since um, we all know that purchase happens when enough trust is built so you need to take your audience through uh, know like and the trust journey um do you think you can do that with uh, just one piece of content or does the, this needs to be spread through multiple pieces of content where you take them one step further one step further and you slowly build that uh, know like and trust there are some people whom I've read their work and studied their work that they have honed their skills so well that they can establish a one-page print ad that's with copy, and that will convert. Some people, but is that for a? Sorry, yeah, go ahead. So, so, so that so some people that works, but some people need more know, like, and trust 
taking place. So it's like you may have this ad you run in a print publication that's got words in it, not just big words, but like has actual copy in there in the ad. And so someone may see that and they go, hmm, that's interesting. But they're not actually going out and buying said product, said service yet. Okay. So then you go and you run a second ad. And then you get another person goes, hmm, I just saw something like this ad about this product or service a week ago. And here it is again. And they read it. And they begin to read more. And they go, hmm, this sounds like something that really can help me. Really can help me a whole lot. So at that point, they make a decision. They may say, okay, I'm ready to purchase this product. I'm ready to purchase this service. And they find the information at the bottom of the ad and boom, they're off making a purchase. And that ad process through two ads in print, that's no like and trust. And in the online world, Miha, which is different than the corporate world and different in a different style, it may take more no like and trust, which is, it usually does. Okay. It usually takes more no like and trust opportunities because if someone gets on a platform and says, blah, 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 and just does one thing one time, people don't know that person. People don't know their story. People don't know about the product yet. You're introducing something to them. But the consistency of it, and the more you do it, people begin to know you or know the product. They begin to like what they hear about the product or service. And they begin to trust the product or service will be what they need at that point in time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it sounds just about right how the whole thing works. And I guess when when we are talking about ads in 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 written me in in published media, printed media, um, you know, it's mostly reserved for companies that are already bigger brands. They have the budget to to do that because usually it's very expensive, so they can convert sooner because of the uh, brand awareness that's already built. Uh, and when we're talking about the online world, where we have a lot of people who are just starting out and nobody knows them yet, nobody knows their product or their service, and then, of course, they need to provide more information and, and build more trust for somebody to take out the credit card and actually buy. I'm, I'm guessing that that could be the distinction between the yes. two. Yes, and and it's very two. It's it, it's really two different worlds. It's really two different worlds when you look at the the print world. And I and I've spent the majority of my life in the print world, in newspapers. Okay, yeah, a lot of my career. So I'm I'm very aware of how ads are used and how ads play a role in getting people to make purchases and decisions on what they're going to do. The online world, it's 
a whole lot of people out there, a whole lot of noise. There's a lot of noise in the online world. And one has to learn that you can't just make a lot of noise in the online world without having some meat on the bone. You gotta, you gotta give people something that they feel inspired about. They buy into what you're doing. They begin to see you out on the online world. They begin to hear you and your voice in the online world. They begin to trust what you're saying and what you're putting out there. And that in and of itself, if you zag while the whole rest of the online herd is zigging, you're going to find yourself, whether you have a product or service or business or whatever it is, you'll be finding yourself more attractive to people. It's easy to follow the herd, behind, but the real difference comes when you change, when you change direction and go in a different way than the herd goes. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, with everything out there and, and so many people doing same things, it's really refreshing when you see somebody doing something differently. And especially if you can align with that, what they're doing, how they're doing it, it, it can be a very refreshing feeling. But um, so we were talking now a little bit more about, let's say, the theory of, of the copywriting. But are there any, you know, applicable uh, tips or tricks that you can think of that, you know, our audience can apply quickly, see some results quickly, um, you know, something that they can take um, and uh, do something with it. Um, is there anything you could you could uh, suggest to them to to be mindful of or to do um, in the next few days, in the next few weeks? Miha, I'm going to offer your audience a five point structure toward effective copy. And this is something they can very much write down on a sticky note and put it where they can see it. With the caveat before I give the five-point structure, that there are a lot of different elements involved. But this structure I will give is something that can be easily taken and start using today. N number nice, one. Nice. That's what that's what we like. Uh, I'm I'm looking for my sticky notes. I want to write that <laughs> down as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm okay, ready, ready for you. My sticky okay. notes are ready. All yes. right. So number one, write an effective headline. An effective headline is going to get people's attention. Look at newspapers. Look at magazines. 
doesn't matter where you are in, in the world. You go to some newsstand in a large city, and you will see magazines all over from different types. You'll see uh, tabloids in, in Europe. You'll see the, the Daily Mirror in, in the UK. You'll see in America. You'll see the National Enquirer. You'll see, you'll see all these types. What is the thing that gets people picking up that and looking at that tabloid, even though you go, I'm not looking at the tabloid, I'm not looking at the tabloid, but you end up looking at the tabloid, it's a headline. And tabloid headlines are, are what they are, but they get your attention. So you want to get someone's attention. So have an effective, write an effective headline. But let, let me interject here and ask you one mm-hmm. question. So a lot of this magazines they use this clickbait type of uh headlines and usually it's it's some bold statement and then once you start reading there's nothing about that statement in the article uh because they just try to twist the reality as much as possible to make a a headline that really stands out uh but then most of the time you're disappointed when you dive into the content. Um, is there a way to overcome that? Is there a way to be, um, you know, uh, more um, straightforward? Uh, uh, or do we have to, you know, create those titles, those headlines in a clickbait way, even if then we don't follow up with with the content going forward. I feel like the word you're looking for is authenticity when it comes to it, writing an effective headline. If you write a headline that gets their attention, but doesn't begin the process of getting their interest to the next piece, in the structure, then you're really just making a mess. You're making just a, a mess of things. So do you have to use clickbait type headlines in your ad copy? I would say no, but the headlines have to be connected to what you are talking about. You can't write a headline that goes, this is the best thing in the world. And you follow it up and you just fill it with a bunch of gibberish. That has nothing to do with whatever the, this is the best thing in the world means. You've got to have in the headline something that connects people to their emotions, to where they want to read more about what this thing is and you also want to make them curious enough okay if that makes sense good no 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 i mean it does make sense okay it does so so step step number number two. two write an effective subhead because you have your main headline so you want to have a a a second headline 
that offers a little more information from the main headline. Okay, so let's go, let's, let, let's take this health diet pill product uh, analogy that I used earlier. And let's say the headline was lose your weight in 30 days or lose 10 pounds in 30 days. That's the headline. The subhead, the next headline might be something along the lines of scientists have shown that taking this supplement will help decrease your weight gain effectively and efficiently in one month's time. So you see you connected the main headline to your secondary headline. Okay? So you want to make sure that both are connected. So number one, write an effective headline. Number two, write an effective secondary headline. Three. Start telling a story. Start telling a story. Now, what do I mean by story? I mean you want people to read your copy. You want to begin to tell a story. So you would always start with the story first. Yes, after the. Um, I'm guess I'm guessing this is the the hero type story uh, that yes, we are looking the, here. the hero's journey type story, if you will, that is used uh, a lot in a lot of different uh, sectors in, in business, where you could the story might begin along the lines of. One day, Joe looked in the mirror, and he didn't like who he saw. It was horrible. He had been sitting at his desk for years, eating fast food, feeling bad about himself, and no one liked him anymore. He lost his friends, lost his family, I mean, on and on. And then you add in there, he began to feel ashamed. He, his guilt level rose. His, he started using all types of things to fill his, himself up. Until one day he looked in the mirror and he had gone from where he was at one point, a spelt 150, to being 275. And it was something that he couldn't stand anymore. So you start to take it one line at a time to keep people reading on in the reading the copy, reading the story. But do you also go in this part into the the other side, the light uh, side of the tunnel? That's the, or, that's or, the, or 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 you that's, stay just that's the fourth. Part. 
That's number four. Okay. Okay. So the number three is paint the uh, the picture of uh, on the dark side True. of the tunnel. That would be number three. Okay. Number four. Okay. Flip the switch. When I say flip the switch, you want to show people through your words in an effective way what this product has done for Joe. After Joe got to feeling so bad about himself, he looked at all these different types of products out there. He went to look at the gyms. He went to look at the, the plant-based diets, the keto, the, all these other things. He tried them all, but nothing seemed to work for him. Until one day, he saw information about this supplement. And he liked what he was reading, and he kept reading a little more. Then he went online and started looking at this research for this supplement and just said to himself, hmm, this may be the right thing. And he bought a bottle of it, took that supplement along with following the other suggestions given by the company when taking the supplement. And within 30 days of taking that supplement, plus doing everything else that was suggested to him, he lost 100 pounds. He saw himself gain more energy, more vitality. His relationships changed. His emotions changed. He became a happier person, more outgoing, more energetic, more filled with light inside of himself and when one of our representatives reached out to joe and asked him after 30 days what was the difference in his life he said i didn't know i could get back to this type of life until i started taking this supplement it was the most powerful and emotional choice i made in my life and i'm so glad i trusted in this supplement and this product to help me get to the life I'm living today. You know what, Joe? Boy, do I wish this supplement was actually a real thing. Hundred <laughs> pounds in, 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 in 30 days. Oh, that would be magical. Yes. Simply magical. Yes. And so it's, again, it's part of the story. It's part of the storytelling process and copywriting. And then we five, come we, to point five. Can I try? Can I try and guess what the number five ahead. is? Um, is it uh, so? Here we were now uh, giving the emotions, the, the 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 one side and the second side of the tunnel. Now. In the fifth, we probably walk them through the tunnel. We show them a little bit about the how-to, or am I wrong? Number five is ask 
for the purchase. Oh, yes. we are already there. And that involves you give in 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 giving the ask. You you actually it, it, you don't go right from the story to here buy this. You begin to get to into the details of the product itself. Well, you show them a little yes. bit of the process. Exactly. That they will you talk about yeah, yeah. the supplement works because it's got A, B, C, D, E vitamins and some extra little supplements in there. Okay. You talk about the fact that it comes from a lot of scientific research that has been done over the past 25 years. Our company always keeps up with the latest and greatest information, but you give specific information about the supplement. You break it down because people really want to hear about this product. And this is true of anything. You might be trying to sell an airplane. Okay. People that are reading about this airplane after all this story that you told, about the airplane and about the story, whatever it is, they want to hear, they want to read specifics about the plane. Like they want to read specifics about the product. It's got, you know, it, it has, you know, vitamin A, B, C, D, E in there. It has uh, one milligram of this element or that element in there. And you talk about the product, its specifics. And it, it, you, you say in one bottle, it has each bottle comes with 30 capsules that you take one a day. In addition to this, you also have to begin to have an active lifestyle. But this supplement gets you on the road to help your life. Yeah, I, I I understand. So the emotion is the hook that hooks us into the story, uh, <clears throat> takes us on the uh, uh, across the bridge. Uh, but then we often ask, now how does this work? And so you have to give them the the whole story, not just the emotions, not just the logic, but a balance yes. of both. Yes, I guess. you have to give the reader the the feeling and the emotion that they are in the story. They, this is them. They are Joe. <laughs> they are this person. And they've tried it every day. <clears throat> but if we go before this story, one thing that is super, super important is understanding then who is your audience who is your target audi audience and uh, just focusing on, on, on one audience with Absolutely. one story. Am I right? Because, because if you try and use a story like this on people who regularly go to the gym five to six days a week and they work out regularly, this may have been their story two, three, four years ago, but it's not their story now. 
This type of story is for the person who's lived a rather lethargic lifestyle. They may have had an active lifestyle at one time, but they've gotten lethargic. Or maybe the person has never actually done anything health-wise about their health other than go to the doctor, get the checkups, et cetera, and all that type of stuff. But this product, and the way it's being presented in the way that I've done so for you and the great listeners here, is to let them know that that it has to be targeted. You've got to have a, a message for this supplement toward an audience that is like it may be 25 to 45 years old, maybe male or female, you know, uh, got the house, wife, kids, uh, earning $75,000 a year salary, and they work 50 hours a week. It feels like that. They work 40, but they do actually work 50. Uh, and they just, it's a lot of desk time. There's no them time. There's no true activity time. So it's a lot of stress, a lot of eating unhealthy foods. It's all these types of elements involved. That's the audience that this supplement would be geared toward. You see? Yes, yes, I understand. Um, And I, uh, one thing that at least I see from what you've told so far is, okay, so one thing is to understand a little bit of the demographics, you know, like how old are they, male, female, and so on. But also, very, very, very important part is also understanding the negative and uh, emotions that they are struggling with right now and also the positive emotions that they want to experience i i feel uh I, I mean that's my opinion that a lot of coaching programs out there um, just focus on the logical part on the demographics um, not so many of them are talking about really understanding emotions but then the reality is that it's the emotions that really sell that's true and let me take a minute to differentiate between the online world and the corporate world quickly miha because i know there are people listening to this podcast right now that are either in one world or the other world or maybe they're trying to choose which world to be in but they're in one world or both so when you have something that you're writing copy for in the online world, the attention span is pretty short. You've got to get something that gets their attention. Same thing in the corporate world. You've got to get their attention. But the one element that you absolutely pointed out correctly, Miha, is there's no as I would call it, authentic emotional connection with people. You mentioned coaches. There are so many coaches out there who are doing things that are just trying desperately 
to get you into their programs. And they try this trick and that trick and the other trick and the other trick. And they see so-and-so doing this and so-and-so doing that. So they try and model that. Okay, what would be the better thing to do? What would be the better thing to do? Be yourself. Be who you are. And that in and of itself will draw people to you if you're a coach. You, can, you have to build the structure. Yes, you and I both know this, Miha. You've got to have a solid foundation. That's true. But if you're going out there and you're just simply going on logic alone and no emotional connection to people, then basically you're not giving people who you really are. And that will turn people away quicker than anything else these days. People are a lot smarter in the online world these days. Some people think they're still dumb. No, they're not. They're not dumb at all. They're smart. They will sniff out someone who doesn't connect with them. And they may have to go through a couple of, couple of uh, experiences with coaches where they pay a lot of money for the coaching program or they're paying per month. And they end up finding out that it's not a good match for them. Well, you know, you always have to do your due diligence. Uh, you can't uh, um, speed past that. So um, you, you have to take a little bit of time. You have to do your due diligence. Um, otherwise, you have only yourself to blame if you selected the wrong person to help you achieve whatever you want to achieve. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it, it, and it gets down to the same thing when it comes to copywriting. You want to get people to the place of where they make a decision, make a purchase. That person, it may end up doing their due diligence on said product or said service before making a purchase. But what got them to the point of the thinking about making a purchase or making a purchase? It's the copy. Yes, it's the effect, copy. effective copy. I effective agree. copy. So the more people take this five-point structure, and this is simple. Again, there are more elements involved in it. And if there's a lot of different things that can be thrown into the pot, but that's a five-point structure that if someone just wanted to sit down today and do something like that and put it out there and see if it works, see if it brings you results, test it. And then if you don't get results, then you go back and you adjust, you change if you're trying to do it all yourself. A lot of people find that this isn't their zone of genius. They don't want to sit there writing copy. They want to be out there talking to people and, and actually making deals in business. So they may be at a point where they have enough overhead, enough in their budgets 
so they can hire someone to come and do their copy on a regular basis and it's a match joe my yes. last my last question because i see that we've gone for quite some minutes already um but my last question if i'm looking for a copywriter that would be a good fit for myself for my needs uh for my product my services what would you suggest to me how can i do a proper due diligence so that i'm sure that i'm working with the right person one strong thing to do is to look at their social proof look at them in their online work if they're look at what they've done in the online world like you could google my name Joe Rutland and you could see the different publications I've written for articles out there other things I've done that give you the proof you need that oh he does know what he's doing he's written but how people... go ahead go ahead no i mean but how can i understand whether we are the right fit you know like i i'm sure that even with copywriters even with good copywriters you are focused more on certain niches and um maybe you are not the best at some other niches maybe i'm wrong but you know usually we are good at something and we are uh, not that great at something else so how do i you know pair that up and say okay so joe would be the perfect man for the niche i'm serving it's use this principle check their work what has been the dominant area that they focused on in their work and if it matches your needs in your niche then reach out connect to that person if you look at it and you go no that's not really what i do then you go find someone else out there that does that you are correct there are copywriters who focus in specific niches because if i say i am a jack of all trades i can do copy in every niche in the world Well, that's going to give you one clue right there that I'm spreading myself out too thin. But if I say I focus on health, well-being, personal development, that type of stuff, and that gives that person looking for someone as a copywriter it gives some very specific niche information okay i you understand see? so it's so it's so it's doing the it's doing the due diligence on that person's part so they know what niche a copywriter is 
focus on. And they may have to reach out and go, okay, I saw your copywriter. Tell me what niches you're focused on. And then you get a chance to have a conversation. Yeah, and perhaps because, you know, if I Google you, I can see your published work, but I can't really see uh, some sales letters that you did for certain companies. So reaching out to you, asking you for some reference material is uh, always probably the way to go. Yes. Yes. If you reach out, you ask, can I see some of your portfolio? Can I see something that you've done? You know, most people, most people have a portfolio of work, whether it's uh, blog posts, email sequences, newsletters, social media posts. They can say here, here's a link to my portfolio. Go take a look at it. And that way they can look and see what you've done. And they get a chance to actually measure whether or not it's a good match or not. And if they resonate with the way of writing, with the type, style of writing, and so on. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, Joe, we, we have to wrap this one up. We, uh, we are, we, it's already 52 minutes. Um, so we have to wrap it up. I really, really thank you a lot. And I really super appreciate you for coming to this show, for giving us a little bit of theory, but then also walking us through this five steps. And you gave super simple, super understandable example. Which, which I love. So I was able to immediately, you know, translate that into what I'm doing and how I could use those same five principles in what I do. Um, so that, that was super, super helpful. I will include your links in the show note. So whoever resonated with uh, what you just said um, can quickly and easily then uh, Google you, find you, link up with you and ask you for your portfolio and possibly start working alongside with you. So thank you for, for being our guest today. You're so welcome. And thank you, Miha, for your time. And thank you to your listeners for tuning in for our time together. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Take care and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care, Joe.